Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, Chris Evans here, and welcome once again to the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. Coming up, actual Spice Girl, Melanie C. turns the pages of her oh-so-honest and revealing new memoir, Who I Am. It's out now. Hilarious comedy duo Daisy May Cooper and Celine Hisley give us the lowdown on their brand new BBC sitcom slash thriller slash epic caper. Am I being unreasonable? Multi-million copy, number one best-selling author Richard Osman leafs through his latest novel, The Third instalment of the Thursday Murder Club The Bullets That Missed All that and so much more to come So Jack, kick things off and tell us who's first Our next guest is the only person in the history of humankind who has made trackies with pop buttons down the side look cool Her new memoir, Who I Am is out now So, here's a story from A to Z You wanna buy a book? You gotta listen carefully We got a legend in the seat who we all wanna be Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Melody C! That might be Jack's best ever and it's a pretty high bar. Hello, Melanie. Good morning. Um, welcome and well done. This book is awesome. Thank you so much. It I've heard awesome. you all talking about it and I feel a bit overwhelmed. Well, I know you've been doing many interviews about it and I've, I've listened uh, to some of them and I've watched some of them. And it's called Who I Am, My Story. Because for a long time, as we all do, you wondered, who am I? Mm, so absolutely. You, you're figuring it out, you figured it out. You... Do you know what? I think it's always a work in progress, isn't it? I've figured some stuff out. There's still a little bit to go. I don't think we ever get there, do we? No, but I get a mention. <laughs> or two. Uh, right, let's just get that out of the way, shall we? Immediately. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's it's quite an important part of the story. And... You know, a lot has changed. And I think, you know, obviously you have redeemed yourself <laughs> in the eyes of the Spice Girls. But, um, you know, I completely understand your initial reaction when five girls came in, as we did. Singing a cappella down the corridor <laughs> in the TF5 Friday offices. And um, we, we were just, we were a different show then. But of course, in the end, you did end up coming on. on yeah, TF5 we did. Friday. I mean, we had a special, didn't yeah, we? Know, About a year it. later, after you, you told not? us to. Uh, Get lost. <laughs> no, well, I didn't, did I? Well, the no, my exact words were uh, try live and kicking or something. Which I, think you... it was, I think it was get back to live See, and kicking. I think it was sound career advice. <laughs> that's, that's how I'm going to reframe it. I'm not going to get away well, with it. Well, you know, though. the Spice Girls changed a lot. So, you know, and you, you like I said, <laughs> you you made your apologies. You've been very supportive ever since. Yeah, okay. So, you know, we, we all make mistakes, don't we, Chris? Yeah, well, that was, like Fasa <laughs> says, right up there with the internet, because I, I didn't really get the internet for a while. I thought, this isn't going to last. <laughs> so it's Spice Girls, internet, and then the odd, the odd share issue, share It's price. actually amazing how much success you've had, isn't it? Unbelievable. <laughs> what the heck is going on there? Do you and Emma really photobomb um, other people in karaoke booths? <laughs> We have been known to in the past. It's been a little while, but we did go through a phase. And you song bomb them, so you'll join in with Spice Girls songs for people yeah. who are just on a spontaneous night out. I think that's how it started. It was my birthday, and I was single at the time, so it was an all-female affair. Had mm. all my girlfriends out, my sister came down, and we had a bit of a boozy dinner, and then we went to Lucky Voice. And I think someone in another booth was doing a Spice Girls song, right. so we decided it'd be rude not to join in. <laughs> and then it just became a thing. I bet they couldn't believe it. <laughs> There's no way you don't go in your book. It's very vulnerable, you know, but you quite rightly now see vulnerability as a superpower, don't you? 100%. And, you know, I, I've kind of shied away from having a memoir for many, many years and I didn't feel strong enough to do it. And then I met a publisher who said, you know, the book can be what you want it to be because I didn't want it to be like tabloid fodder, which is kind of unavoidable. But I just felt some of the pain I have experienced in my life, which sadly a lot of other people do too, I want to I want to try and make something positive from that. So I wanted it to be, you know, more helpful. I want it to be entertaining, yeah. and there's loads of fun anecdotes and stories and behind the no, scenes. It's really funny, and it's but it's 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 everything. This book has got every emotion in it. So congratulations. Oh, thank you. Well, that was my intention. So it means a lot to hear you say that. Let's let's talk about um, let's talk about your obsession with fitness uh, and food for a for a while. Uh, you know, and it got very, it became very serious. What was what was a mad day at the gym like for you when you would just when you were gym crazy? I mean, how how much are we talking about? I would uh, probably I, I'd I'd run like 
like a demon on the treadmill like most days, if not like six, seven days a week. Right. And, you know, following that, I would then be in the gym doing weights and abs. And I, I'd spend like, if I had the time, I would spend about two and a half hours in the gym. Right. Um, and that's just the gym. Yeah. There's other stuff going on as well. Yeah, and, the and, schedule, yeah. And now you, you talk about balance, you know, and life, of course it's about balance, but it takes a lifetime to live a lifetime. And, oh, I think just as you've nailed it, probably that's it. You go, I've got it. Oh, it's over. <laughs> uh, I think that's, that may, may be what happens. Yeah. But you talk about balance now. And you what, what's, a, what's a good day at the gym like now for you, then? Um, well, I just like to keep things changing. You know, I love to do strength work. And right. I think, you know, we are all learning it's so good for us, especially females of a certain age. Yeah. You know, that both density yeah. definitely benefits from lifting some heavy weights and then a little bit of cardio getting out fresh air yeah you know love being on my bike you talk about you know as you as you mature things do start to hurt uh, a bit more um i feel exactly the same you know shoulders for me i'll tell you when i'm stiffest it's not after a run or after a workout or after a, a sleep it's after a long drive or even like <gasps> an hour in the car i can barely get out of the car oh, it's killer isn't it yeah, yeah that's what does me my lower back that does me but yeah waking up in the morning i I mean, you know, hats off to you guys every morning getting up. I'm pretty slow these days. You talk about auditioning for the Spice Girls, uh, for people who don't know that. Just give us the headlines from that story. Auditioning for the Spice Girls. Well, I'd been to Performing Arts College and was auditioning for lots of different things, but my ultimate dream was to work in the music industry. And I was at a dance studio in London, just off Oxford Street, opposite Selfridges, and somebody handed me a flyer. For a girl band. Imagine ever had you not been there that moment I on know, that day. I know. And I can, you know, I don't know if everyone else does this. I'm sure they do. But you know when you have, because my memory is terrible, but I just have these like visual snapshots of moments, which was really helpful in the book. And I wanted to try and describe a lot as well, you know, so people could feel like they were there. Um, and this is one of those moments. I looked to my friend and I went, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. And I went on to do it. Because it was all about dance for you for a long time, wasn't it? Ballet as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I really love the discipline of yeah. ballet. And I'm, you know, I'm really grateful that I had that in my life. I studied ballet till I was 19. So, um, yeah, it stood me in good stead for everything in the future. You talk about uh, worrying, uh, be, being a worrier and also being a warrior. Uh -huh. uh, I love that. You know, uh, you can worry and you can be a warrior. Um, uh, and basically, you know, not you can be, but that's what we all are in the end, isn't it? At our lowest ebb and our... our of on our best days absolutely and i think the biggest thing i've learned through writing this book is we are all so capable of so much and we never really give ourselves the credit yeah. you know there, there's been times in my life where getting out of bed has been a huge achievement and i have to acknowledge that and then other times i've stepped on stage at wembley stadium do you know what i mean and it's like people see these big glitzy things and think wow you're amazing for doing that and i think well that was actually easier than getting out of bed yeah 15 years ago so yeah i think it's important okay you talk about sometimes going to bed and thinking i don't think i'd mind that much if i didn't wake up tomorrow morning yeah um oh i mean that's kind of the the lowest ebb and and really hard to revisit those times and to think that i was in that headspace but again you know sadly i think lots of people life the pressure of life can just get too much and you just wonder if not being around would be an easier option. Yeah, it never went further than that, did it, though? You, your thoughts never no. went to, to the most sinister and darkest place? No, absolutely not. I mean, that, that, that was as dark as it got, and I, I feel very grateful. And, you know, in the depths of depression, in the darkest times, the most worrying thing is when you feel like the spark has actually gone out. Um, and that has happened. But, um, you know, luckily there was just a flicker, and I just held on to enough. that. Enough. Yeah. That was enough. Um, I'm going to bring the music back in and talk about the 1996 Brit Awards because I didn't know you were there. <laughs> you were there, of weren't course, you? Of course, because no one knew who we were, really. I think maybe a few record execs and yeah, yeah. we bumped into Take That that night for the first time, yeah. which was quite momentous for us. We'd really looked up to them. And, that was the um, last time they were playing, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Robbie had already gone, yeah. so it was the four boys. And, yeah, Jason Orange went, there's those spicy girls. And um, we were honoured because, yeah, we hadn't released anything we were signed to Virgin but yeah nobody knew that you know the wider public didn't know who we were so we had quite a fun night yeah and you tell a story about that because you that was the first time you realized um it's like spider-man isn't it you know with great power comes great responsibility you didn't have it as a spice girl yet then but you knew it was on the way uh, but you, the team who, who were around you were saying you 
you really can't do what you did tonight. <laughs> and go, it's good that it happened now, maybe. Yeah. But fast forward a year's time, that's not an option. Do you want to speak to that for a second? Yeah, well, you know, we were invited to the awards and we made the most of it. You know, it was the 90s. <laughs> It was a lot of fun, right? There it was, was a, and that year was a cracking year. As that well. was yes, it, it was certainly was. We were sitting with Lenny Kravitz, and he was with Vanessa Paradis at the time. And you know, this was our first time out, you know, doing anything yeah. of this level. So we were having, you know, a few glasses of champagne. We had a bit of fun. We might have got a little bit tipsy. And on the way out, I got a little bit fed up with Victoria and told her where to go. And um, yeah, the next day, I was in quite a lot of trouble for that. Yeah, you were in front of the headmaster, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. I didn't realise that there were... First of all, I didn't realise that the, the sort of the genesis of the Spice Girls, because, you know, you just appeared on my radar along with lots of other people's with Wannabe. But I didn't realise that, first of all, there's a sixth Spice Girl called Michelle. Uh-huh. And second of all... Thank goodness you got a call back because you got um you got laryngitis laryng- tonsillitis yeah. didn't you and so yeah. you were you you were out you were in then you were out Do you know what there's actually a seventh Spice Girl There were two girls who were in the original lineup and you know through various things they didn't work out and then yeah so the five you come to know it was yeah a few twists and turns and I did nearly not make it I was really poorly on the recall What happened to Michelle I, that's a really good question. I think she does and has done some music, but she was also contemplating university at the time. Do you know if she can still hold a tune and you do another stadium tour? Because it's 30 <laughs> years soon, isn't it? You're coming up to 30 years. Imagine yeah. if you brought the Sixth Spice Girl on. Can you imagine? That would be so cool. You'd have to have the fifth back as well. <laughs> By the way, let's just talk about her for a second. Didn't she? She's been karaoke recently, hasn't she? Miss Victoria, yeah. She's warming up the old vocal cords, isn't she? What, 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 what do you want to tell us? Intrigue. Come on. Um, well, you know, like I always say in interviews, we are chipping away. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's nothing that we would love more than to be back on stage as a fan. It's piece. such an open invite to her, isn't it? Yeah. It's a permanent open invite. It's always. like it's like um it's like Liam to Noel. Anytime you're ready, bro. <laughs> yeah. There are so many stories in this book, Mel. I, I mean, my I've got a terrible memory. I can barely remember what I had for dinner last week. How did you remember all of this? And and through your research, did events and stories come back to you that you'd totally forgotten about? Absolutely. The girls were really useful, actually, because when we get together, we reminisce and we all remember different things. And I, I've never kept like a, a diary with my thoughts and feelings in, but I've always kept like a schedule diary, which really sparked a lot. And then there's just so much online as well. I'd sometimes watch an old interview or performance and it would just spark up all these memories. I want to know about that night at Wembley Stadium. Where... <laughs> <laughs> no, now I can read your body language. I'm uh, just racking my brains and thinking, oh, no, there was one where's night, he going? Wait, no, there was one night, so you played, I can't remember, it was the first, I think it must have been the last... It what, was the last night in Wembley, what, the when last, Adele was there? No, when you just didn't leave, you didn't go home. Oh, yes. Where was the party? Don't tell, I don't want to know what happened at the party, what went on at the party stays at the party, but where where do you have a party till the next day at Wembley Stadium? Okay, so this is really funny. So the last night was wall-to-wall, friends, family, other artists. It was a night Adele was in. Jess Glynn was there. Jess Glynn was there. She was our wonderful support act. And we went back into the bar. We had like a friends and family bar. Yeah. And Adele had assembled all of her friends and all of our family. And they all started singing Spice Up Your Life to us as we walked in, which was surreal. And yeah, it was just, it was buzzing. You know, everyone was so excited. And at one point I popped back to my dressing room backstage and on my floor, sitting on my floor, drinking my rider, eating my crisps is Adele and Jess and Mel B. And I'm like, what are you all doing in here? Um, And yeah, we just ended up staying. I think there was only myself, Emma and Mel B at 6am. But I think maybe around two security came in and said, girls, this isn't your stadium anymore. Fleetwood Mac are loading in. I remember because they played the next night. <laughs> they did. How the heck do you strike a, a Spice Girls stadium set and put up Fleetwood Max less than, in less than 24 hours? Yeah. Because they played on Sunday night. Yeah, they? and we were still backstage were you tem- causing were you havoc. To, were you tempted to stay and just watch Fleetwood Mac? Oh, that would have been the best, Fleetwood wouldn't it? Mac, yeah. That would have been a story. <laughs> uh, will there be another book? 
Do you know what? Potentially, I mean, I, I'm still kind of reeling from this one, um, but it's yeah, you know, the story isn't over. No, you know, you're gonna get so well. You're already getting so much love for this book because of the places you go in it. Yeah. I think it's fantastic, man. Oh, thanks, I really do. Chris, it's thank awesome, you. Melanie. See who I am after years of wondering who am I? My story. It's out now, and it is absolutely brilliant, especially for young girls. May I say that? I think yeah, it's really important, I think don't so. you? Yeah. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. When I tried to create something with my best friend, it was a disaster. But that's what happens when your best friend is a teddy bear called Sea Captain. These two, on the other hand, wrote and star in new comedy, Am I Being Unreasonable? Which is starting tomorrow night on BBC One. Two hilarious best buds who you'd love to spend a night with in the boozer. Please welcome National Treasures, Selenia Hisley and Dizzy McGuppard! Ladies, ladies, welcome, welcome. To oh, the top wow. of the tower, here we are, <laughs> live on the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. How's it feel? Oh, amazing! Because you are Bezzies in real life, aren't you? How, yeah. How, how did well, this happen? Yeah. I, well, we met. Loosely. At, we met <laughs> in the first year of RADA, yeah, and I remember having a. Together conversation with you in the canteen and within about three seconds I thought I really hate this girl she really loves telling this story by the way is that a true story really true story me. I thought you were arrogant I thought you yeah. uh, were like a Lily Allen wannabe very much was still am I think but you were just boasting about how you got into Raja on your, on your first go yeah well that... you would have boasted about that too had you got into Raja on your first go absolutely but... yeah, so there yeah. we go and so how did the um, ice thaw what, what happened well, we next? had a fight in a lift, actually, a drunken fight in a lift. And that yeah, but thawed. the ice must have thawed before that, surely. Uh, uh. That was the thawing <laughs> moment, was the physical fight in a lift. And so you take that on, on screen, and it's not dissimilar um, to begin with. So so frame this. It starts tomorrow on BBC One at half past nine. We've watched it. We love it for all the reasons I think you might want people to love it. It doesn't sort of miss anywhere, does it? It's awesome. And we watched two episodes last night. All episodes available on the iPlayer straight off the bat, I think, aren't they? If you want to binge them, that's what yeah, I'm hearing. Yeah, I think so, Very yeah. bingeable, yeah. Right, come on, tell us everything about I it. Well, it's sort of, it's a bit mad. It's it's a, obviously, well, it's a comedy, mm. but it's also a drama, a bit of horror, a thriller. A bit of a thriller, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of based about, uh, I suppose it's like a love story between two uh, school mums who are just as toxic as each other, would you say? They find each other. They're both, they're both a bit sort of underwhelmed, especially Nick, I think, with where she's at in life. And it is, it's like a meeting of minds and it's this, like when you find a really great mate. Well, they want to be loners, aren't they? But nobody really is a loner at heart. And so you, you, you have, your characters have so much in common from that point of view. You think, oh, hang on a minute, we could be loners together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're the, they're the mums that drink at the school fete, aren't they? Yeah, and they, and they bond over their questionable parenting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and what I love, because we all know mums like this and we all know dads like this, and we've all, let's face it, we are mums and dads like this. Yeah. Uh, party for two. That's always a good one, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, who needs more than two people? Absolutely. Never more, never more. The party because we talk about people that come on the show and they, they, there are party scenes in their films or the TV shows, but how how was it partying for two? I mean, it just didn't feel like work, did it? it no, just, it didn't really. You know. I mean, there was, I sort of, you were the one at the keyboard, the monkey at the typewriter, yeah, and I yeah. just sort of oh, stomp right. around yeah. vaping and tell you what to She you gets to really excited and she starts pacing and bouncing around the room and going, <laughs> how much... right, I've got another idea and I have to just tell her to calm down and finish typing <laughs> this one first. How much do we say about what happened? Because it, cause it is a proper <gasps> thriller. This, yeah, I don't know how you've got it all in there. You've got, it's funny, there are good gags in there, there's really warm and tender moments, especially with little Ollie, who's just absolutely gorgeous. We all want to, we all, we all need a bit of Ollie in our lives, don't absolutely. we? Absolutely. Um, this He's the, magnificent. This the, a lot of improv came from him. But I mean, loads of lines in the show. We well, really want his. So yeah. tell, tell them about Ollie. So Ollie is my son, but he's played... Played by Lenny Rush. Yes. Who is... We just saw... I remember... Because a, a lot of child actors... I mean, not be harsh, but can be quite wooden. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot to put on a, on a young person's shoulders, I mean, yeah. Lenny Rush is so incredible. And a lot of the show is, like, imp improvised. Yeah, like, we, we really wanted to, especially with the sort of comedy element of it, let all the other actors feel like they could just have a laugh Riff. at it. Exactly. Riff and, and build roll. that chemistry and just find those really fun... Because, like you say, there are some really heavy moments in it. There are. We wanted to really, like, build up those light moments and have fun with How them How much do you well. want to set it up, what happens? Ooh. Oh, 
but you don't know how much we're allowed to. Well, I, you know, I sort of wouldn't, but I, we want to get to. We want to push Nobody's people towards watch it. it. Nobody's going to watch it. Nobody's going to watch it. What's this all about? Here's the first thing: There's a, there are sliding doors moments, and then there are stuck sliding doors moments. Yes, that's yeah. how we begin. That's yeah. fair. Okay, not with your character's partner, but with. Oh, oh I don't know. Here we go. You, you see, here know. we go. Look, let's just say. The thing much. is, you just you just got to watch it. I think. All right, can yeah. we just talk about the set design of the interiors? Because we all want that furniture, don't we? We all that seventies New York kind of yeah. loft. See, oh. you've got that going on as well. You have got a loft vibe inside a chocolate boss sort of limestone. Not limestone. What would it be? Cotswold stone. Yeah. So yeah, look, listen to that lady Whee! over there. I'm the not one. even from the Cotswolds. <laughs> um, yeah, we really wanted Nick, especially to kind of in this, like you say, really quaint environment. Yeah. Just desperate to sort of express herself and but it's of... also really claustrophobic yeah and does that it, the, her sort of life starts spiraling out of control you, you, even like the decor is just it makes you feel uncomfortable doesn't it all right the men in the show tell us about the men in the show oh god well it's sort of like based on our lives based on our lives Oh, God, it's so different. How would you... It's the opposite of a rom-com in well, parts, got... isn't it? Well, I think what it's we wanted... It's an un-rom-com. Well, yeah. when Daisy and I first started writing it, yes. we were. it came out of a lot of chats over lockdown that mm. we were both locked down at home with our kids and going absolutely mad. Yeah. And I think that the reason we always talk about, like... Nick and Jen having this love story because we sort of felt like we we found each other again. We sort of came back together. And yes, the men are a really important part of the show. And obviously, you know, their fathers as well and their friends. And you know, they're going through their stuff. But it was it was just the fact that Daisy and I didn't realise how much we missed this friendship and yeah. how important a friendship is in your life, I not just when, your partner. When you know? busy girl mates get together over a glass of wine. Good times and hijinks that can unfold and explode. Oh God! Like, and it is really intense. It's like, yes, it is. Forensic fun. Yes, but we're more. We just go completely wild. It was mm. like, I remember talking to a guy who who did stripping for a living, and he of said he did. that it was the middle-aged women that were the worst. They would be grabbing and screaming. They were like a sort of. But like wild animals. Yeah. Yeah. Animalistic. Yeah. Animalistic. yeah. yeah. What's that all about? I just. You just do have such a lot of pressure on you and I think that like especially being a parent and I mean everyone does but I think it's just when you see that opportunity to yeah. really just go for it and especially when you meet a kindred spirit where yeah. you think yeah, yeah you're a bit of me I can I can have fun with you you can, Let's you do can this meet together. another person that is a safe space the person is a safe space exactly. isn't it yeah. you know because Rachel you came out with us Tasha and I on our date uh, with your hubby and so Alex and I we, and we've never really done this before I mean we've been out together before but we've never paired off you know gender <laughs> So Alex and I paired off to one side of the bar and Rachel and my wife paired off to the other side of the bar. They were, they were having a miles better time than me. <laughs> of course really? we were. <laughs> well, how's that work? I think, I think it's exactly what Celine says. It's We, we have a limited window. Yeah. We've got stuff to get on with. So yeah. this is the time to have fun. So have it, all of the fun. Hit it hard. <laughs> yeah. Hit and it we hard. drink wine, which is like... Quite strong. Oh, really yeah. strong. And very easy to drink. Cold yeah. white wine. Yeah. yeah, so Going. much stronger than, like, pints of beer. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the thing is, as Alex and I, you know, were witnessing you and Tash, just having a really sort of unshackled kind of laugh, we got more and more paranoid. We just got more and more boring. We got more and more serious. <laughs> the conversation dry up. Because no, it didn't dry up. It just became more intense. But none of us, neither of us wanted it to go that way. But we just no one else to do. And then, and then they shouted for the tequila. No, oh, that was you. brilliant. I mean, yeah. sounds like a really great night. So I've watched two. So there are six. Are there six? There's six. Yeah. yeah. What we wanted to do with making it a bit of comedy, a bit of drama, a bit all over the place, is really have people try and come up with theories. Yeah. Like we really want people to get really. But, see, I haven't into got a theory. It. I just, she just, I'm just like, what is going on with that? Well, you just have to watch it a bit more. I am watching. I'm watching loads. <laughs> I'm tired this morning because I watched too many of them last night. Oh, what yeah, you want, isn't it? So, that is exactly what we want. Yeah. Am I being unreasonable? It's on the air tomorrow on the BBC and all episodes available on the iPlayer. Thank you, Daisy. Thank you. Thank you, Celine. Oh, my Thanks. God. Amazing. Awesome. Amazing. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Monday. Took her for a drink on Tuesday. We were making love by Wednesday and on Thursday.
Well, on Thursday, we meet up for the Murder <laughs> Club. And you can join us as the third book in the Thursday Murder Club. The bullet that missed is out now. TV shows to novels. He's done it all and some. A genius and a gent. It's Richard Dunsman. Hey, Rich. Thanks, everyone. Rich, you know I'm not into murder mystery. You know that. Yes. But obviously, Vassos and Rachel love murder mystery. It's not that I don't like it, mm. right? Not into be, being not into something or not being yeah. into something is different from not liking you it. You just find it too tempting. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you? You're just like, oh no, what if I, what if I revert to my old well, ways? I was gonna say something else, but no, you're right. That's exactly <laughs> what. How often do you go and stay with Steven Spielberg as a result of your genius? I mean, Steve, he normally comes to mind to be honest, because uh, yeah, because I got a nice spare room. And, uh, but he's know. in the Hamptons, isn't he? He's on Long Island. Yeah, well, he's all over. He's got about ten different properties. Has he? Steve, well, you would know this. Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't have a huge amount to do uh, with him. You'll, you'll be, you'll be shocked to learn. No, come on, because he's bought the rights to your book. He has, yeah. But you know, he's obviously making other films as well. But no, he has. But I, I, I leave them be. There's no point in me ringing up Steven Spielberg, telling him how to make a film. You know, it's like him ringing me up and telling me how to make a quiz. You know. Which he does, to be honest. He's always a good... Rich, I got an idea. I got an idea for a quiz. Yeah. I think you're going to love it. Is Bradley Walsh available? Bradley Walsh is doing Blankety Blank now, isn't he? Yeah, he's very good at it. He's very... Do you know Bradley? Do you know where he lives? No. Lives. Lives. Do you no. know where he lives, Rich? No, I don't. Vassos? Mm-hmm. Portugal. Lives there does all he? the time. And just comes back now and again when he's doing a game show. He commutes from Portugal. That's what Bruce used to do, didn't it? He? he used to come back from Barbados. He used to do two weeks of play your cards, right? Two weeks of... Uh, <laughs> You know, Play your cards right. even more, right? Yeah, and then and then and then, then back to Miss World. That's what he used to do. Right. Listen, people love your books. We're approaching six million sales. Mm. Can you, in your wildest dreams, my friend, talk to me about that? Well, it's interesting. I was I was just I was talking to um, Rachel and Vassos just while the while the, while the song was on. Uh, because the third one, every time one comes out, you think, "Oh, this is this will be the one where not only do people say, oh, actually, he's lost it this time,' but also he's lost it so badly it makes me reappraise the other two, which I'm now going to take back." So at all times, I sort of think, "Well, it, it, it'll it'll the rug will be pulled from under me." But it's lovely. This one has had such an amazing reaction, and people seem to like them more and more as they go on. And to me, I have to just keep my head down and write the next one. Is the truth, but it's 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 so lovely to see smiles on people's faces and joy and people saying how much they love things. I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's such a gift to, 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 to be able to have. And now what, you ha- what you're experience is, uh, experiencing is the following of an author. They just, mm. they just want more from you. And it's like, you're like the Glastonbury. You don't have to say who's, you know, who's in the lineup. You just sell the tickets and they're done in a minute. Well, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, people say, can you do more than one a year? And I think it's really hard to write a book. Yeah. I mean, one a year is pushing it. Yeah, you, you, you give it a go. See, see how yeah, that is. I love a crack. Lucy Newmarket, Morning Chris, Vassar, Rachel and all the gang. Please let Richard know that I have read The Bullet That Missed and it is brilliant. Oh. It's full of twists and turns plus laugh out loud moments I must I just love all his characters and have allocated actors in my head so can't wait to see who these are yeah. when the movie hits the screen yeah. I gotta say I like Bradley Walsh do you know Bradley <laughs> I think he'd be great as Ron but he's good he's a good actor Bradley Walsh Bradley is a good actor listen there's nothing that guy can't do okay, so who are the four uh, the four main characters in the book the, your four um, busketeers musketeers uh, there's uh, Elizabeth who was a, a former spy yep. who would probably be played by I'm guessing Helen Mirren right this is what I wanted you, you yeah, know yeah. yeah there's Joyce who, who was a former nurse who, who would be more Julie Walters. Oh, very uh, good. This is very good. I think, isn't yeah, it? it's very all right, good. isn't it? Um, what about Emma Thompson, could she get Emma? Well, I'm afraid no. well, if, it, if it's Emma or Helen. Listen, if Emma's available, I'd she love it. She could be Joyce's I, daughter. I'd, oh, she? that's a lovely. She'd love to see yeah. that as well. Yeah, that's I don't, a really yeah. I don't good think idea. Helen would be thrilled about that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we'll break it to a journey. Yeah, just yeah, this is this is this 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 is your granddaughter, uh, Dame, Dame Judy Dench. Well, famously, famously, the granddad in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. So um, Dick Van Dyke's granddad was in real life two years younger than Dick Van Dyke, but he played a great granddad. Wow. Right. Okay, so other characters and who would play them? Who's uh, going to play them in Spielberg's um, oh, amazing a, adaptations of your that, literary that, work? That's a very good question. Uh, Ron, who is an ex-trades unionist and West Ham fan, um, which Bradley is Walsh. his only fault. It could be Bradley. Gary Oldman, I was thinking, but, right. let's, but let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's say Bradley. Well, Chris uh, Bradley, West Ham fan, and is a really good footballer. Yeah, all right, so we're just doing a list of what Bradley Walsh is good at. <laughs> well, is, like it, is this what this show is today? Uh, yes. what, what's your issue with Bradley Walsh? <laughs> no, I love Bradley. Well, I'm, come I, on, let's, let's I met Brad in my very first job on TV when he yeah. was at a job in comic. He's from that generation, a lot of whom went off TV. And Brad, absolutely, head down, 
works hard, and every time he's on telly, people love him. And do you know what? He's so nice yeah. all the time. He's just nice. He was so nice to my kids in Portugal. He's Aww. just a lovely fella, and he's so he's so norm. He's such a normie. Well, we used to film Pointless next to the Chase, right? Uh, which are, they're sort of big rivals on telly, but we film in the in in the next door studio. So Brad would always come into the um, makeup room beforehand and have a chat, and then they don't have an audience on the Chase. But we do have an audience on Pointless, and Brad doesn't like not having an audience. He gets bored. So halfway through the day, he'll always come into Pointless uh, and come and sit in my chair just because he's got an audience, so, just, so, just so he can enjoy himself and entertain himself. And does he have a bit of bands for the audience? Yeah. Oh, Brad. that's fun, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Is so, uh, so this book, I heard, when I came in on Tuesday and they said, oh, Richard Osmondson on Friday, I was like, you need to give me the book now. I don't want the book on Thursday. There is no sort of trying to read this as fast as possible. I want to thoroughly enjoy every minute. So I got it on Tuesday and anybody who's seen me on the tube, uh, anybody who's glanced through my front window, I've had my nose deep in this book for the last three days. I'm mainly devastated that it's finished. Aww. But I just I just love it. Like how you can write about murder in mm. a way that's very convincing, but also leaves me chuckling and giggling. And Joyce is also my favourite character and her relationship with Instagram. Mm. I mean, <laughs> when you're writing it, are you sort of having a little giggle to yourself? I do. I mean, here's the secret. I, I'm trying to write a serious book about murder so it's yeah. real but the characters because they're all in their 70s and they all have a very different attitude to so whoever walks in the room they've all four of them have got a different attitude yeah they make me laugh a lot and like the second I thought Joyce might want to join Instagram I'm like well you know she just took it away and so her, her through a series of uh, you know she's not allowed to use certain names so she's great Joyce 69 on Instagram and she gets so many private messages and she, which, which she hasn't worked out how to open no, luckily. Uh, but she really is on Instagram as well that's a real account great joy 69 so you can follow it but yeah I, essentially they're making me laugh the characters are making me laugh but oh, as, as you say it's a mystery at the heart so of you it. brought you brought them to life via Instagram but the Instagram yeah who, who, who plays them on Instagram then Joyce is <laughs> Joyce plays herself on Instagram. Oh come on, uh, no. that's good, man. There's a, there's, a, there's a picture of her dog. She follows Alexander Armstrong, but she doesn't follow me. <laughs> What's that about? This Better. must be the smallest W. H. Smiths I've ever seen. Has anyone ever seen a smaller one? We've just been on a trip, and this is at Blackfriars. This is Great Joy sixty nine hashtag W. H. Smiths hashtag small shop hashtag tiny shop hashtag Blackfriars hashtag trip hashtag Instagram. <laughs> Every, nice. every every single Instagram post, yes, you see just, just hashtag Instagram. Richard, on you're it. just having too much fun, man, <laughs> aren't you? Because there's an awful lot, as Vassas will tell you, there's, there are, yeah, there's an awful lot of you know references to mm. W. H. Smith and Blackfriars and Sainsbury's taste the difference. And you do think in, <laughs> in China or Brazil, what are they making of? What do they, what has, do they think they're, what do they think these books are? Has Greg's got a mention yet? Uh, I think them. Do you know what? I cannot think of a specific one. It's almost impossible that I haven't mentioned Greg's at some point in one of them. Uh, can you, could you, could you sort of, could you eke out a nice uh, product placement side hustle in the books? It's interesting, no one, no one's... they pay a, for it elsewhere, don't No they? one's approached me. But they but, pay for it elsewhere. Yeah, you would think so. That's a great idea. I mean, listen, they know that I'll be, I'll be mentioning Oliver Bonus anyway. You know, I can't, uh, <laughs> I, I can't help myself. I think, yeah, Joyce goes to Ashford International Station in the first book and she cannot believe there's no shops. She's like, it's called Ashford International. I thought they'd be like an Oliver Bonus. The gateway to Europe. Yeah, yeah, she said there isn't even there isn't even an M and S. There's nothing there. And how's your working day? How, what is it? You know, when you're not off gallivanting? Uh, I t you know what? It sounds terrible. So I, I tend to only write for two hours. But yeah, right, like full on phone yeah. off everything. Like, well, so hang on, Ronaldo only plays football for ninety minutes. Yeah, that's true. Right yeah. perspective. That is true. And sometimes he's not on the team sheet. Yeah, and Bradley, do you, do Bradley, you ever Bradley not... Walsh does an hour. Only <laughs> <laughs> that's all he's doing. Do you ever not pick yourself? Do you ever think not today? Uh, yeah, 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 a hundred percent. I would, I would pretty much do anything rather than write. It's like going to the gym. You know, when you put your trainers on, that's it. You're going to the gym. But yeah. until then, the amount of things that you can kind of think, oh, I won't just write now because oh, I can hit a cat, and you know, maybe she wants feeding. And then you go, oh, I've got that parcel to pick up from the post yeah. office. I should probably do that. And then you think, and I then haven't you got think, a cat that needs feeding. I'm going to buy a cat. So I can oh yeah, I must buy a cat. Yeah. And uh, now I've got to buy all the cat accoutrements. <laughs> and, and before you know it, it's March. <laughs> um, Rich, it's great to see you, man. Always a pleasure. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. All right, we've heard from a bunch of incredible guests already, but still to come. Take that heartthrob, Mark Owen, walks us through his new album, Land of Dreams, on the day of its release. Mental health ambassador, Dr Alex George, takes us through his debut children's book, A Better Day, Your Positive Mental Health Handbook. And spitting image star, Matt Ford, lifts the lid on his latest political party live, which continues at the Duchess Theatre in London. So let's get right back to it. Ginger Jack, who's next? 
You have a choice of five. One sang a duet with an Aussie soap star. One appeared in German TV. Another has a fruity surname. And one set the bar low and just flogs wine. So I know who I choose. And that's the one with the brand new incredible album, Land of Dreams, which is out today. Woo! Is it hot in here? I might need some ibuprofen. There must be a heartthrob nearby. Please welcome Mark I want myself one of those <laughs> for every every day, every Mark, room I ever walk into. You're going on tour soon. You can take him with you. Yes. I mean, it doesn't get better oh than my that, goodness, does it? Mate. Where might you be touring and when might that be, Mark? We start in October. Our first date is October the 16th in Bristol. And then we go to Manchester, Glasgow and London. All right. So, and what uh, is a Mark Owen solo tour like? How does it how does Well, it it's take all shape? about me, Chris. It's a, it's a <laughs> celebration of all things me. Uh, he is definitely coming. Uh, <laughs> and uh yeah, Jack is definitely going to come with us, and uh, yeah, it's going to be it's it's obviously a lot of the new record which is coming out. But uh, uh, there are for the take that fans amongst us. There's some take that classics in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's uh, some of my older stuff, and uh, and yeah, it's it's good fun. Do you live in Los Angeles now? I do, and I saw you out there not long ago, and I think that jumper probably came from there. You're absolutely right. Yes. Um, yeah, interesting. This jumper. <laughs> so you, you, probably... you were running along. I saw pictures of you running. I was running away from the receipt for this jumper. Is what <laughs> I was running away from. What is going on with these jumpers? Why are they so expensive? I don't know, but they're they're, they're a popular Californian brand. <laughs> they are. <laughs> yes. They are. Um, no. So how long have you been there for? I've been there for probably probably about four years yeah. now. And you like that kind of vibe because uh, Lake District, you know. You say Lake District, LA. What's the what's what's the similarity? But because it's about the vibe, isn't it? It's about yeah, being the outdoor space and, and the space and the water and the mountains. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, it's been really good for me because I sort of turned up and knew nobody, and and I mean, then the pandemic happened, and so I was kind of out there not knowing anybody apart from Rob. The only person I did know was Rob, but I couldn't go there every day, so I went every, like once every <laughs> other week. Um, but. Um, but no, it's been really great for me to just sort of go out there. And the challenge, I think, the challenge of trying something new at my age was really exciting for us. And, and as a family, my boy loved skateboarding. Yep. So all he cared about and pretty much all I did for the first two or three years was driving around skate parks right. in Los Angeles. But they're better, aren't they? Oh, it was incredible. And they were dry and yep. not, uh, you know, the weather's obviously yeah, more... Yeah. Uh, a little bit better for him. And my girls really wanted a locker at school. Right. And that's all they cared about, is having their own locker that they like could decorate. Like in Pitch Perfect or oh, something I, like that. That's all it was about. Oh, my goodness After about me. a week, they realised, mm, yeah, I'm not sure about that. And but, you're uh, happy there. And, you know, you're so back in business. Take that as so back in business. You're so back in business with this brilliant new album. What does it take to get your juices going again to the extent you think, yeah, I'm going to... Because it's, you know, it's a load of heavy lifting doing getting an album together. What yeah. makes it worthwhile? What, what makes you feel confident enough? I think for me, I, I, re- I turned 50 this year, so I was I, I was looking at all the different things that I loved doing. So, I mean, I thought, I'm, I'm trying to make this 50-year celebration last the whole year. And that's like, I'm going on tour, making a new record, seeing Chris Evans on The Breakfast Show. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, having the best birthday party ever. Oh, so, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, it's good. Do you remember playing Carfest? I do, of course. That was awesome. It was it, it, awesome. And it was different for Take That. You just explain, so you were a three-piece? Yes. And you hadn't played a festival before? Yes. How was it for you? I think it was like, it's the first time we've ever done it without, you know, wearing our lycra. Yeah. What, well, <laughs> your armoury, What do you mean, way. we just turn up in jeans? Oh, okay. And you sang the songs, and of oh, course, awesome. people loved yeah. it, because it's the songs that, that, that speak to people, isn't it? Yeah. The thing I'd missed the most in the last few years was... The connection, um, and I realised how much music, most of the people I know through music uh, are through my job, so when everything closed and uh, and um, and that wasn't a part of it, you know, a lot of my mates, even my best friends probably, I, I know through the band, so I, I wasn't seeing anybody. And so the, just to be back out there now, to make this record, to be back out there performing and have that connection again with an audience, and I'd really missed it, it made me... Realize how much, yeah, not dissimilar to when when you split up and go back together again. It was the same kind of feeling, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, because all of a sudden your itinerary stopped, your your diary is empty, yeah. um, and there's a hole. 
isn't there? Yeah. You know, and there's insecurity that comes with that whole, and everything else that comes with that whole. It's like, what, what? Okay, how much was I d- identified with this? But then when you get to do it again, you're so grateful, and that's happened to you twice now. Yes, it's it's very true. It's a very similar sort of uh, feeling. Um, are you staying here? Or are you going back home before you tour? Uh, going home. Going home. Yeah. How long are you here for? I'm here for another week. All right, great. Yeah. Well, it's lovely to see you. Yeah, it's good. We're going to do some, you know, a bit touring around the country and stuff. I'm going to go and see my mum and dad at the weekend. I'm going to hand deliver my record to my mum and dad. How are they? They're good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they don't really... Um, they they, they kind of like, you know, I send music to my dad when I'm writing. So it, they're kind of like my biggest fans. So it feels like it's the, the final piece of the jigsaw for me to deliver the record. You've always them. had your feet on the ground, totally. I mean, you know, we've all had our highs and our lows. Of course yeah. we have, because uh, uh, life is a ride. But you've always been, you've such a nice person, <laughs> which is, you know, you're a really lovely, rounded human being. Well, uh, it's taken a while to get there. Yeah, but you always were. No, you yeah. were anyway. Yeah. All right. And what about um, take that? What can we? What can you tell us about take that? Yeah. Well, I saw uh, Gary and Howard a couple of days ago. Um, together or separately? Did together. Dinner. Uh, no. No. Well, lunch. No. I don't. We might have had a coffee. A cup of coffee. Yeah. But uh, we've got a movie out next year. What? So, I know, yeah. Hello? I know. Yeah, it's coming out next uh, spring. So it's our music. It's not a story about us. Um, it's, it's a story about kind of five girls and their friendship and our music's a bit of a backdrop to their life. Cool. Um, so it's, it's a really, really great film. Um, so we're working a little bit on that. But they've shot it. It's all directed. We have a cameo role in it. And, um, and then, Are you yeah, playing talking... yourselves, by the way? Uh, no. No, no, there's other people playing us as a band. Okay, and um, what's going on with you and take that? Um, well, we're, we're talking about uh, going in the studio and writing and starting a new record. I think we'll probably do that now, the beginning of next year. So we're looking at a tour in 2024? I think so. I think uh, uh, definitely around that time. We, wanna, we want to... Um, we want to make music that you know when you get the feeling that everybody's starting to want to get back together and do something so uh I, i'm getting that sense so okay. i it's like waiting for the right wave isn't it it is it is and you yeah, but i don't know which way i i go for every wave that's my problem well, no, here's the thing. You wait for, well you wait for a set to come in uh, yeah okay don't you? usually yes. a set of seven right set oh, of seven okay and guess what this i is, wish you were with me but this is the beginning of that it this is, is your set this of seven is the set of, that's it that's i like it. it this is it that's it i'm gonna i'm gonna take that with me take that with you as i as i head up north I'll take that. No, see? You know what? Yeah. Years. Do you know how long I've been doing this for? 30 <laughs> odd years. You can just tell, can't you? The experience. I mean, it just. <laughs> Mark, it's great to see you, man. You too. You look Lots of love. as happy as you've ever looked, mate. Oh, and you can't fake that. Love to you, mate. All right. Mark Owen's new album, Land of Dreams. This is the first single from the album, You Only Want Me, on Virgin Radio. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Vasus. Thank you, Rachel. Thank, Thank you, you, everyone. Yeah. Goodbye. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Order! Order! Whether you're an MP, MSP, MEP, or even an OAP, this comic commentator leaves no stone unturned. Tickets for his new tour, Clowns to the Left of Me, Jokers to the Right, are available now. He can do any impression, no matter what politics they lean towards. So let's join his political party. Please welcome the hilarious Matt Fox! Hello, Matt! <laughs> Amazing. How great was that intro? The best. So, Matt, give us the most recent ex-Prime Minister, first of all. I, mean, I, 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 I don't want to talk news that, I mean, you know, not... Chris, I, I want to make the point. That, that I may well be uh, the, the most recent uh, ex-Prime Minister, but I may well be indeed uh, the most, uh, you know, uh, there's nothing to say I can't come back. All right, give us uh, the potential, potentially the next Prime Minister from the other side of the house. <laughs> Chris, I want to say that it's a real pleasure not only for me, but for the country to be here. You know what? I think that's got better since the last time I was here, my right, Kirsten. now give us the current Prime Minister. Well, <laughs> you know what? I, was, I thought you might ask on the way in this morning. I was on YouTube listening to Liz Trust videos. I think I will eventually be able to do her. But it's so... Obviously, I've got quite a, a deep register. Yes. I mean, it's odd that like we've never really had a prime minister that sounds normal. Yeah, yeah, no, they, they all sound a bit weird, like normal. Thatcher Major, but they all had weird, distinctive voices. How, how much were you looking? How much were you practicing, Rishi, just in case? 
I was practising Rishi. He's got that kind of slightly nasally, I said that I would do whatever it takes, and slightly awkward, we smashed it, yeah! You know, there's some weird <laughs> posh guys that try and... He's the sort of bloke who pretends to be more laddie if he's got the builders round. All right, so you are cracking right on. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Tell us about what goes on with this. Well, the last time I performed it, Boris Johnson was Prime Minister and the Queen was the monarch... And that was at the end of the Edinburgh Festival. I went on holiday, came back, and Charles is now king, and Liz Truss is now prime minister. So obviously, I've got to rewrite. Oh, yes, but you see, large you, amounts of but it. But you lose a prime minister, but you gain a king from an impersonator's point of view. Do I? Uh, yes, of course. And I'm working on it. Uh, Prince Charles. I mean, everybody did Prince Charles back in the 70s and 80s. Papa, didn't Mama. I guess is like all I've got at the moment. I mean, the Queen didn't massively feature in it, but I guess what it means is like. The landscape has changed. Um, what is going on with your residency? For people who've never heard this show before or you on the show before, tell everyone about this fortnightly thing you have going on. So it's called The Political Party. Yes. And I always, as you know, I'm fascinated by politicians and by political and people. And you've written a book about it. And I've written a book about it called Politically yeah. Homeless. Uh-huh. Um, and always thought that they never really showed themselves in their true light yes. in traditional media interviews. Uh-huh. So I wanted to put on a night where I interviewed them as entertainment and got to know them as people and took the mick out of them a bit and impersonated them to their face and was slightly cheeky but fundamentally interested in them. So every fortnight now at the Duchess Theatre in London's glittering West End, I interview a different politician. So Matt Hancock's coming on, the Shadow Chancellor Rachel Reeves, General Secretary of the RMT, Mick Lynch, is doing it a week on Monday. Wow. Who, You know, a few months ago, no-one knew who this guy was. And then there's amazing interviews where he's there just going, you're lying. You're lying to me. Why don't you stop lying? And I was just like, this guy is incredible. So he's doing it. Emily Maitlis and John Sopel are doing it. Um, and it's every fortnight, a different politician. Do you book them yourself, these people? Yes. Good for I you. I have a bit of help from an amazing guy called Richard Garvin. But on the whole, I just reach out to people and... Sometimes over a course of many years... I mean, I interviewed Gordon Brown in Edinburgh a few months ago. You can download that on the podcast. It was one of the most incredible afternoons of my life. Tell us why. Because I think a lot of people had never seen him like that. Right. Uh, it was almost like... He was just... It was like watching a, a bats... It was like watching Ben Stokes in the World Cup final. Just He was just hitting sixes everywhere. Really? Telling these amazing stories. It was like an hour in the company of Isn't Gordon Brown funny? on his it's amazing so... form. So do they with... get lost then? You know, you know when they when they, they sort of uh, reach the, the seats of power, be it in opposition or, or you know, as a, as a prime minister or, you know, even sort of senior member of the cabinet, what happens to them then? Well, you know what? I think it's true in elite performance in any arena is that sometimes, it's like playing for England, sometimes that step up, can be a burden for some people, and for some people they relish it and they they explode. They're at home. Absolutely, it's yeah. the stage they were always it's meant to be very on. Very good. That's a very good framing of it because you know when you become when you think things are too much for you, you become uh, over focused, don't you? And you lose all your peripheral vision and ambient hearing and your 100%. sense of what's going on, and so you can't actually exist, perform in the context with which uh, you find yourself. Totally agree. And I think that is that is true in politics as it is in football or life. music, in life, in it's radio, like now, all yeah. sorts of places. Because exactly, we're relaxed, so we can see more, we can hear more. You know, we have extra capacity for other things that could be you know, happen during this interview, for example. Exactly. You know. Whereas if you're panicking the whole time, you're not relaxing, and crucially, you're not being yourself. Yeah. And in, a, in an arena that requires an element of personality, not necessarily pizzazz or charisma, although that helps, but people want to get a sense of who you are. Yeah. If you're panicking all the time, you're going to make bad decisions and you're not going to show the best side of yourself. And I think that's true in politics. So I think sometimes leadership is a burden for people. So you had William Rees Mogg on, didn't you? Uh, Jacob Rees Mogg. Sorry, Jacob yeah, Rees Mogg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His son. Sorry, his that's son. That's right. His dad was really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Chris, I, you know, someone pointed out to me, and it really helped me get the impression. A, a comedian called Pierre Novelli said, he always sounds like he's about to cry. <laughs> and that, I was just like that and he can't impersonate but I was like mate you've just unlocked the safe for me that's great you always sound slightly on the verge of tears Chris uh, no it's a pleasure to be here even though it may sound as if from time to time and I impersonated him to him and it was I did like the little fake touch of the glasses and that he went oh well he said you know if you do the body that little touch there even if the impression's not there, the, the physicality really does convince one that one is being impersonated rather better than perhaps one is. And you find yourself, even when you're talking to Jacob Reese, I would find myself talking to Did posher. you warm to him? He's really funny. He's really funny. He's really good fun. I mean, 
obviously part of doing the show that I do is I have to be able to separate people that I would and wouldn't vote for I know. from people that I'm just fascinated in anyway and, and on some level like. Yeah. And in friendship groups around the country, we have mates who are more left-wing than us, more right-wing. Why should that be different once you get into politics so yeah, people yeah, are yeah. explicit about what they believe? Who do you, who do you like? Do, have you had any afters with anyone? Have you got on with them so well? <laughs> You go for dinner or a beer or... Oh, yeah, you know what? One of the weirdest ones was... Uh, I had David Davis on years ago, like, before he was Brexit Secretary. He's so interesting, he was... isn't he? What we... an interesting character. You know what's really interesting? We were chatting away, and he was saying to me that, you know, people come up to me in the street and say, I wish you'd have been Tory leader. And whenever a politician says that to you, you take it with a pinch of salt. We went for a drink afterwards. Literally, we leave the theatre. Some guy walks past and goes, You, David Davis? Because you should have been Tory leader, mate. It should have been you. I was like, okay, well, fine. We get in a taxi to go to another bar. The taxi driver's like, excuse me, mate, you David Davis. Mate, you should have been Tory leader, geezer. It should have been you. I was like, we get out of the taxi. So I was like, it's David Davis. You should have been Tory leader. I was like, he can't have set all this up. But also, clearly, if none of them vote, because if they all did, he would have been Tory <laughs> exactly, leader. Yeah, well, that's the thing. <laughs> oh, Matt. It's great to see him. Anything else going on, Matt? Ford? Oh, crikey. Oh, Spitting Image Live. So, Al oh, Murray. What? Hello. Oh, man. So, it's going to be in the West End next year. It starts at the Birmingham Rep in February. Right. So, Al Murray, me, and an amazing director called Sean Foley... Yes. Uh, ...are writing Spitting Image Live, where you will be able to come and see the puppets live. So, it opens in Birmingham in February next year, and then it will transfer to the West End. That's and that, a big deal. It, it's one of the most exciting things I've ever worked on. And will on. that change topically week on week? I suppose it, it could do, couldn't it? It could do. Yeah. But So it was meant... To, it was originally called The Liar King and was all about Boris. So obviously that just got completely oh, sorted. Oh, don't you hate it when he gets voted out? Well, so on some level, yeah. On other levels, <laughs> deeply pleased. <laughs> and then, From a mortgage point of view, it's awful. As far as the country's concerned. Exactly. The greater good sometimes does matter. So we've created an entirely new... Sometimes. I do have to remind myself of that. The, the, we've created an entirely... Entirely new show now, All which right, is uh, very exciting. Thank Deep you, Matt verb. Ford. Cheers, mate. Go and see him, mattford.com with an E. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. We all are becoming more open and willing to talk about our mental health. But how can we teach the younger generations to look after themselves? Well, our next guest's new book, A Better Day, Your Positive Mental Health Handbook, is out now. Filled with helpful tips, I'm sure he's willing to divulge. Please welcome the incredible Dr Alex Jones! Morning, Al. What a welcome. Thank. Can I take you everywhere? Yes, <laughs> you can. Fantastic. He's a gunfire. Welcome back. Oh, thank you. It's good to see you. Well good done to see at Carfest. A couple oh, of very you. successful sessions there. Thank you. It was, it was incredible. And I just want to say, uh, wow, Carfest is just incredible. The work that you do for, for children, and not just children, but, you know, also increasingly the mental health section for children is incredible and the parents there the young people it really lifted my spirits actually like it's hard sometimes doing this stuff when you meet people and go geez people really care yeah. it lifts your spirit and it's a very playful um environment and oh, so fun. we all sort of release and relinquish our inner child this book is fantastic it's in three parts it's a three-parter uh, three little stories in one so take us through the headlines and then we'll dive a little deeper well um i, I wrote a better day as the book i wish alex had when he was 10, 11 years old, because I don't think there was a book out there to really prepare, prepare me what I had to go through in those teenage years. And A Better Day is aimed for that 9 to 14 age group and parents who fantastically put it there. And really it's about teaching young people in a positive way to recognise their emotions, their thoughts, their feelings, to be able to understand them, to build resilience and be able to take on life. I think young people shouldn't just survive life, it's about living. And ultimately, and, and, and I'm, I'm sorry to make it sound dark in a way, but you know, I'd like listeners just imagine a moment, Wembley Stadium, we can all picture that, Wembley Stadium. Imagine that Wembley Stadium full of children sat there who are struggling with their mental health. Now multiply that by six, so six Wembley Stadiums. That is how many children right now in this country who are waiting for help for their mental health and they could be waiting up to three years to get yeah. support so we need to do something different as, as what we're doing right and now they're only the ones we know about the only the ones we know about and, and as we know you know and, and people go oh gosh but you know what if we teach you know young people about mental health will it make a difference you know why are we teaching them to talk i'll tell you why because most men who take their lives never tell anyone that they were struggling my brother clear uh, when i had the phone call saying that he died by suicide I thought, they, I, was, I thought I was being lied to. He's had a heart attack, he's had a crash. I was supposed to see him the week after, and in fact, we're going to go on a car trip together. Um, we're both petrol heads, and I couldn't believe it. So let me tell you, you know, I, I wrote this book because I don't want anyone 
I don't want anyone to go through that. Yeah. It's horrendous. And sometimes the heaviest subjects are best um, approached with the lightest touch. Absolutely. And that's what you do with this book because it's full of light and life and possibility and potential. So tell us about Lifelines going forward because that's sort of how it starts. Yeah, absolutely. I try to be as playful as I can with the book and I do take the makeup myself as much as <laughs> I physically can. Uh, I label myself as the, the world's biggest warrior from the start, to be honest. And it's sharing you know, my experiences at school, uh, thinking all the teachers hated me and that I was terrible at everything, I was going to fail everything and then really it's going through topics from you know social media to identity, to friendships to even bereavement and loss and it's, it's, it's approaching this with two mindsets. One is heads up, how do you prepare for these things happening in your life and secondly the lifeline, so when it goes wrong what do you do, where do you go from there and I think for any parent, you know, for any parent giving this book to your child knowing that it's going to help them prepare but also if things go wrong it'll help them react and not just stay silent I mean, I've heard from so many parents already, it's it's what they've needed. And, you know, I, I don't say this in an arrogant sense. I say this because I've spent the last two years giving everything to this book. I think it's essential for every household. And I say that because there's not another book out there that I think does what this does. And, and, and I say that because I've given everything and I, and I believe it to be true. So you talk about diet, you talk about practices. Um, just just give us a few highlights of, of those to hook people in. Yeah, so, um, you know, I think so much stuff is convoluted these days when it comes to health, especially for young people. They need to know the fundamentals. So when we're talking about movement and stuff, it's not just going to the gym to uh, try and gain abs and look a certain way. We're talk you know, we actually use illustrations um, showing the brain skipping and exercising, running, because we're trying to change that mindset of actually movement is about how we feel and looking after our bodies as a whole, not trying to look a, a, a certain way. And, you know, sleep. I mean, sleep is a huge... If there's one thing you're going to do to improve your overall well-being is to sleep better. Uh, sleeping better improves your chances of living longer, it reduces the risk of mental illnesses, it reduce, reduces the risk of things like diabetes, strokes, heart attacks, and so on. And if we can make that playful, fun, engaging, uh, in, in terms of teaching kids how to sleep well, why it matters, they grow up with those great habits. The other way of thinking about it, OK, is is this look at you know men all right 40 50 year old men um you know and i look at my dad who's now in his 60s he still struggles to talk about how he feels and feelings he just he just struggles to literally find the words and people go why is that why can't we get men talking why would men talk when you're little you're told big boys don't cry grow up man up society expects you to be a breadwinner not to ever display you know, emotions, emotions equals weakness. So when they're struggling and they've got no energy to even get out of the bed in the morning, how are they going to find the energy to go against everything we've taught them? I love it because it's all about the basics, you know, and because, you know, as you get older, you're expected to know things that you were never taught in the first place. Because like you said about your own childhood, books like this weren't around. No. So, I, I, you know, it's, it's just as intriguing and as engaging for me as it will be for Noah, who's going to get this book later oh, on today. And he will love it. And you do explain some of the science behind things as well, don't you? What, like, why do we worry? Why do we worry? worry doctor well i mean f f like physiologically and you know for our own survival worry is an important thing because back in the kind of old old days we had to worry about how we'd find our next meal we'd have to plan and think think ahead the problem is now is that for many of us who are very privileged and fortunate we don't necessarily have to worry about you know when our next but meal we're still is coming, programmed to but worry we're programmed to worry and our worry doesn't go away it just latches on to oh, the next no. thing the issue we have for the next generation is social media and the overload of information that's out there and i think also how quick we're turning children to adults i'm, I'm going to say something Thing that I, you know, might shock people and might not. The average age a child watches porn in this country is 11 years old. Why? Because they have access to the whole internet in their hands. So what do we do as, as adults, as parents, as those uh, in positions of responsibility? Do we just ignore the fact that they're going to be seeing something that's potentially really quite harmful to, to a child developing? Or do we actually go in there and, and, and teach them ways to protect their own mental health, to create boundaries, to learn about social media and how to essentially help them gain the benefits of social media? There's a great parts of it but also protect themselves against the harmful sides because you know it's it's serious i mean for example one of the biggest things i i worry about is bullying okay we recently did a huge um, study with a Diana Award um, and we found that half of all young people right now are bullied and most of that actually happens online. At school, I was picked on at school, you get home like, oh gosh, thank goodness, I'm at home, I'm safe. The bullying that happens online is often so much worse than in person. It's much more nuanced, it's about exclusion and, and it's really harmful to young people. So we need, we need to yeah, wake up to it. and they read it in their bedrooms on their own in the middle of the night when it's, they couldn't feel more lonely and more it's sort of so vulnerable. Sad. It's really, if you actually imagine oh. it, it's so sad.
But could I say something as well, if it's okay for me to say, I used to get really upset around written exams and uh, essays and stuff because I really struggled. I really struggled, (laughs) and I don't think, and it is an odd moment, I don't think I'd ever believed you. If you'd have told me, Alex, you'd have written a book when you're old, I wouldn't have believed. I'd absolutely not believed. Honestly, (laughs) well, I nearly didn't. There is that. Well, I missed out on my grades the first time because I really struggled with writing element and missed out on my grades. Well, what they do now, I'm sure you know this, but Eli, Eli is, is, you know, he can write and he can add up, but he, he was behind he's now caught mm. up but they do offer non-verbal exams uh, yes. sorry uh, uh, verbal yes uh, verbal exams uh, yeah, uh, written, yeah. yeah. Exams. Uh, to, to, to support them and i'd say to, as well to anyone with uh, who if you're neurodiverse please don't think that you can't achieve i'm currently going through assessment for potential adhd at the moment which we know is closely linked to uh dyslexia and stuff and i just say to people try and understand who you are but don't be ashamed of it and own your strengths like for example if you if you have dyslexia, there is a significant proportion of people with dyslexia who are actually very very creative. You use your brain in a different way. Yeah, yeah. It's just a different well, it's way. It's much more original works. as well. Yeah, because so they I, can't be in the put in the machine. Well, they are put in the machine, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Everybody else is put in, so they have to find their own exactly. outlets, and that's why they become um, sporting superstars or amazing artists mm. or, or fantastic musicians mm. or whatever. Absolutely, communicators. So own who you are, and I think a big part of this book is learning your strengths, learn your strengths, own your strengths and your weaknesses. Look to adapt them. Find another way to use the way yeah. that you're built, and it it will work. Okay, every weakness is a strength waiting to happen. I love that. I love Perfectly you. Time. Cheers, doctor. Was there a doctor in the house? Yes, there was. And his name was Dr. Alex George. And his book is amazing. A better day. Get this for all your kids because it's fantastic. Thanks, Dr. Al. Cheers. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 